Hello, and welcome to Educational Triage, where we discuss issues in alternative education. This is a discussion about teaching by teachers, for teachers, and others who are interested in the alternative education world. We hope you find today's episode relevant, engaging, and useful. And if you do, please subscribe. I'm Tony Hunt, and I'm here to help guide you with the help of my friends, Christy and Philip. And welcome back to Educational Triage. Today we have Christy back and we have Philip. Yay! But Christy's not here yet. So what we're going to be doing is we are going to be doing separate interviews with the two of them because this is our end of the year review. And although we haven't done a full year of episodes yet, this is towards the end of the school year. And I just saw students walk across the stage for graduation. And I, along with many others, am plotting my exit, not only for the summer, but for good. Or is it? <laughs> Time will tell. And That's so... It's story. In, <laughs> it's happening a lot. <laughs> it is a lot more. Um in order to celebrate our time together, we're going to be contemplating what we've learned this year and talk about summer plans along with some topics we may pursue over the course of the hottish months. So let's get this sucker going. So, Philip. Yes. What are, what are three lessons you learned this year, either through <laughs> doing the podcast and your research or something you've discovered while working? Oh, I don't. I, three. Oh my, that that was assuming I was well, counting. Start so. easily. Start easily with just one. Just pick one. Just just one. Um, I learned that the kids developed um a new sense of uh, shall we say, interaction with with computers and screens, or rather, uh, let's say, a new. During oh, this gosh. year, they just yeah, it it was really rapid. But 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 in between the time they left and the time they came back, um, I saw it this year um, they had a, a what I called the dual screen interchange. Um, right, they learned right. to like. I remember we discussed this. Yeah, that was that was fascinating. I think that's a thing. I I don't know if it's passing. You got to give it a few years before if you see it a trend or you know, but. Yeah, that's well, a thing. What I, you know, what I discovered is that the kids will sit there and watch them talk on the um, computer programs, computer platforms for whatever course they're taking, yeah. and then they will um, listen to their music. And it's like, what are you doing? Why are you on your phone? Oh, they're just talking. <laughs> well, don't you need to listen? <laughs> nah, I got this. I'm good. Yeah. five test tries later do you think that maybe you shouldn't be listening to your music yeah. you know so uh, yeah there was some things about that too I was, I was i was trying to gauge the effectiveness of it i did catch a study group that was also playing uno on their telephone the same game they had they were online and they were playing each other playing uno without the cards and then at the same time comparing study questions. I was wondering how effective that might be. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that they're more focused on their questions. I mean, on the 
Uno than they are on the questions. It might be. It it it's really weird. <laughs> then there was the kid that sat back, and this is for sure true. And he, he went on a, a conservative chat line and started stirring up serious trouble. <laughs> started oh, no. acting like a really, really inflammatory liberal, and then he'd sit back and watch how many people I think would get kicked off or something. They would do something like getting them booted and then he'd count it. I'd say, it's just like shooting ducks in a barrel, isn't it really? He goes, it is, isn't it? And I said, this is too It doesn't matter if it's conservative or liberal. You just, I mean, it's so easy to do. Well, yeah. I mean, he just picked the other. I mean, he could have done it the other way. It was so easy. I got the feeling that he was actually more conservative than liberal. He was just having a grand old time doing it to him. I thought, okay, get some work done. I appreciate your, um, I don't know, innovation. That's <laughs> Your insight into the world. It's too easy. Now move on and get some work done. <laughs> so what was the best thing of the year for you? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I was, this is interesting. I was in, so I just recently moved to a small town and my life's kind of been, um, I've been ragdolled as the surfers say, when a big wave gets you and throws you around, there's not much you can do. So you just kind of get thrown around and you ride it out. And um, so uh, I was in this drive through and this car was ahead of me and I got there and I, I ordered a coffee and I went to pay and she goes, oh, no, it's been paid for. And I said, pardon me? He goes, um, so-and-so just paid for it. He said, you're the best sub ever. And he wanted to tell you thank you. And and here it was. I, I moved to this small town, you know, and to kind of get that feeling. And I was kind of grooving on the fact that I was working in the local high school and they considered me to be the cool sub. And I was also do, grooving on the fact that I was getting him to get some work done, which is sort of a, a point <laughs> of pride of mine. But um, That's yeah, wonderful. to have a cup of coffee paid for. That's totally unrelated to education. Or is it? Because we always talk about the relationships. And right. I thought, oh, right. man. I was really having a bad day, too. And I, I almost broke down in tears. It's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It doesn't sit. I needed it doesn't that. seem to take much. And yeah. it doesn't take much, really, uh -uh. does it? I didn't even know he was there. He saw me in his, as I remember, his big old mirror. You know, I was probably sitting back there. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was crying at the time. So no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, I was probably staring off. But yeah, that, that was cool. That was a good time. Um, I also learned um, that there is... Um, an excellent biomedical program up in uh, Evergreen School District, Henrietta Lacks. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's a really cool program. It's like a magnet school. Very Is that the name of the school? They're very, very um, serious, those kids that go there about medicine. I subbed there a few times. And Well, what a wonderful name for the school too, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and I didn't realize this because I'm now just getting acclimated. I took a turn, I think today, yeah, and it's behind the big medical center, or the six six story medical center there. And I thought, oh, well, of course, but duh, I was came came to it from the other way, and, and uh, I never oh. noticed that. So they just walk over there, which makes total sense. Uh -huh. That's the kind it of school I would love to have. Hey, 
how about a you know rotation over there? Go see how they do stuff over in the emergency department if you can. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Kids love that. That is awesome. Where kids get to explore and discover. Yeah, and they have a focus. really see what it's really like instead of you know watch this film. Someday you may be able to do this. Mm-hmm. That's they, they're they're so much more adept than that. You know, that's just the mm-hmm. tip, very tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So, what are some issues that you would like to investigate more? Hmm. There's there's some. Excuse me. There's some interesting things going on about the relationships between the students and the teachers. And I, I can't, I just can't nail it down. We've been talking about it this year and, Mm -hmm. um, I like solutions. So maybe I'm wrestling a, a, a dragon that can't be wrestled an, an indestructible animal, but I just, this year especially, I think the teachers were really desperate to try to connect with the students, at least in, in some of the schools I worked at. And the students were, they weren't defiant, but they were trying to redefine themselves. And sometimes I saw the staff double down on that, like, no, you will not. We want it this way. But there was a lack of cooperation between the two. I don't think either one of them knew which direction to take it. Schools changed. The pandemic changed it. Do you think that, let me ask you this on that, because that's interesting, and here's what flashed. And that is when students become, well, when they become teenagers, they start struggling to be more independent. And And the strife that they find is that struggle between parent and child, where the parent wants to keep that, the kid as a child, and the kid is yeah. trying to burst out of the cocoon or the chrysalis and wants to be able to emerge and be independent. Do you think that maybe they didn't get, they weren't getting a lot of that maybe from their parents during the pandemic when they were at home because their parents may or may not have been able to really pay attention to them because they were either working or who knows what. And now that they're in school, all of a sudden they have these rules again and they say, wait a second, I was just out for over a year and I didn't have any rules and look at me, I'm doing pretty well. So is that that struggle for independence and they want to be seen as being independent and have that recognized? I don't know. It might be that, but I think it's more complex. I, I really think that the, at the computers, you know, Moore's law that things change. Um, you know, they double computing power doubles every, every two years. And and, Uh and the fact that things are going so quickly that a pandemic used to be, you know, to you and I, of course, you know, two years or a year was like, Oh, you know, maybe (laughs) now it's almost accelerated time. and, And it's almost like they're kind of growing up quicker in a way and adjusting quicker and, and trying to keep pace with it. And I think in a way, administrations were almost not seeing that and sort of pulling back the reins. But I, I think they were suffering through the same transition. Things had changed and they weren't aware of it or weren't acknowledging it. Uh, It was a good time to cooperate. It was a strange time. I don't know if it was within every school between, you know, the teachers and administration and the students to do that, but it was a good time to really redefine things. I think. 
Um, I don't know if it was possible because of the size of buildings, but yeah. Do you think they were successfully redefined or any, anything was redefined? Some places might've been, I can't be everywhere. And so I'm waiting for the dust to settle to hear reports. Um, and this podcast has gotten us to dig deeper, but I, I don't know yet. I'm 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 looking at that issue, and I'm seeing where the administration wanted to figure out which way the wind was blowing, and then all of a sudden they came down and they just slapped the kids with consequences and said, "Look, this is what you're going to do now," and the kids struggled and fought back, but they aren't very happy. And in the same course, the teachers um, felt the reverberations of those slapdowns and it's, it bounced back and hit every one of them. And so it seems as though the redefinition is not is the relationship maybe between the administration and the students and maybe the administration and the teachers, because I know a lot of teachers who within the last week have told me that they are leaving. If it means yeah, that they that's leave teaching, they leave teaching, but they are, they are leaving, they are leaving, um, their building. Yeah. And they're, they're leaving, leaving districts district. and buildings, districts mostly right. because the district sort of says, no, we don't want you and you can't transfer. So, and then they'll, um, yeah, they'll say, we'll, we'll just say you quit kind of thing. <laughs> we'll let you quit. Right. Um, yeah, but in February, there were 182, 185,000 teachers that left, that walked out. Wow. Which is extraordinary. And that's just one number. And it's one of the benchmark months because that's when the second semester starts. Oh, my goodness. So well, I, I know a lot of now people we have tired even more teachers. They just, I know a lot of people were uh, just, they retired mid career and shifted over. And then mm-hmm. and a lot of mm-hmm. people retired early, you know, five years early for, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, I know a lot of people had a lot of passion for it and then no longer had it. I also know a lot of public teachers, these defend public education and no longer do so. Right. I think a lot of it was sucked out of them. Yeah. It's weird how that works. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I saw the same thing you did. I didn't want to say it too much, but I saw um, administrations just come down harder. Like, oh, you know, do this anyway, or no, do this, do this now. And the kids were sort of taken abruptly off guard. Um, but they never did right. control them, I noticed, which was interesting. It's just sort of. No, like, because they know. handed that over to the teachers to take care of. Yeah, and they could. So the they kids could be, still found ways to roam the halls, you know. <laughs> oh, and to rip—I mean, they went with every TikTok challenge to rip off the the soap dispensers to do whatever yeah. else that the TikTok challenges were in the school. There was a fire in in one of the high schools. I was actually one of the when we did the fire drill for the first time in my entire professional career. It was an actual fire. It wasn't really? of danger to anybody. It was the 
fire department quickly put out. It was somebody was lighting the blobs of hand sanitizer coming out of the wall <laughs> and it crawled back up and lit the hand sanitizer dispenser. <laughs> Dumbasses. <laughs> so it's like, come on, you guys. Oh my and I didn't God. hesitate to make a remark or aid about that, how that's pretty stupid to do. <laughs> yeah. Cause quite everyone's standing on the football field for like two hours and they had, everyone just went home. Day was over. Oh, Wow. At least it wasn't oh, windy wow. enough and raining. But yeah, it made the local newspaper. Did it really? Oh, yeah. I love living in the Shug. <laughs> it was a scandal. And then the next day I was there when the, the, the principal came on and gave everyone the what for over the intercom before announcements. And I thought to myself, this is kind of like the good old days. <laughs> It reminds me of, you know, no more switchblades. <laughs> Sorry. It it would it did seem kind of old timey. Because I mean, aren't we really past lighting fires in the boys' room? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, it used to be smoking in the boys' room, right? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I still love to tell kids yeah. about that one. <laughs> smoking. <laughs> Everybody smoked in the teachers' lounges and everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. What do you believe that people should know more about you? Something interesting, something not about work, but just something personal. About me? Oh, yeah. shoot. Um, I can't, I can't, um, I can't give up a chance of just kind of running out into the woods, taking off. Um, I like to, I like to go on adventures, um, sort of aimlessly. You're making me uh, I will go on runs. I call them runs. I'll just go. Um, I used to go a long, long way, like miles, like 20 miles on foot. But now it's a lot less. I'll do it in a car a lot longer. But yeah, I, I like to go on little adventures everywhere. I do it. I do it academically. I do it physically. Um, I'm kind do of do a restless solitude. <laughs> do you do it for the solitude and for the and so just for the quietness of the mind? I think so. In the end, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I like to be with people though, when I'm doing it, you know, I don't mind, I don't mm -hmm. run away from people. I like people. I like saying, I say hi to people when I'm, you know, running on a trail or something. I just, I just like to be away. But you're not, but you're not having conversations with them. You're having conversations with yourself. More or less just thinking, yeah, I just, and then I'll get to a fork in the trail and we usually take a ride. I'll go left sometimes. And I've done that a lot. Yeah. I kind of live mm -hmm. my life that so way. So processing. I I, yeah. I don't believe in, I, I kind of live in the moment. Maybe sometimes it's more difficult, but I live in the, the moment a lot, which is a lot of people try mm -hmm. to do. Um, I guess that's a gift. Sometimes it's like, Oh, what? <laughs> I kind of forgot what happened back there. Or maybe <laughs> I don't, I try to plan, but sometimes I let things. Yeah. It's interesting. I've come to a, mm -hmm. a nice happy place in my life where, both feet are firmly planted in midair, and that's good. Like I said last uh, last podcast, <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable if I have to be, and and um, I like who I am, so it's fun. Yeah. So, what do you wish that you had said in retrospect in one of the casts? Oh, oh, you know, uh, after the charter school thing, it's just so fresh. I just, I still am so indecisive. There's just. I like the model. It would be something that I would like to do, but I also believe in do no harm. And 
it seems like it's sort of been used as a model to do harm or, or it has a lot of potential if you, if I was to take, you know, like ADM away from school districts, I'm a big believer in public <laughs> schools. The problem is I think public schools, I'll say this publicly now, I think they've let us down severely. I really do. I'm very disappointed, extremely disappointed. In fact, um, in many ways. And, and I'd like to restructure some things. And I think charter schools would be an excellent way to do it. But the way it's kind of set up, you kind of got to like hit the mainstream system a little bit more to get a good charter school going. And uh, I should, I just, I hate hurting something that I, I value or I love, which is public education for the sake mm -hmm. of doing what I want to do. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, it just seems like, that's how how we've operated so long. It just seems like that's just not going to work. It just doesn't seem to work. I mean, I, I know I want to, and it's the way to do it. But yeah. but charter schools aren't working off of vouchers. They still there's still ADM for the public schools. Yeah, there's there's just there's some funding issues. Like in California, what it's doing is directly it's, taking it's the away same. from like kids, and it, what it does is it takes off of. It just it just drains. Public education should be doing something like that. Let's get it. I mean, I'm thinking there should be enough freedom in public education. Like I, I was blessed. I was just really blessed. I had no idea how lucky I was when I I wandered into the office of my administrator, you know, that my and my future administrator friend and mentor, and I was going for what I thought was a career education job, which was, by the way, your job. <laughs> And, and um, I thought, okay, I'll teach career ed. I don't care. I just want my foot in the door. And and they said, no, well, uh, they hired somebody else. But would I take this evening school position? I said, you bet. I'll do it. I need a job. And I subbed and I did this evening school position. I learned about alternative ed. And there's just mm -hmm. no going back. <laughs> I saw what it right. did. And yeah, I'm a big believer. And then I've done the research over the years about learning and about how people interact in groups and, and mm -hmm. I'm just convinced it's a smaller environment. And yeah. And, and also convinced that the, every time they build this mega high school, and, you know, we've got over 2,800 students. I'm going, Oh no, that's not the way to go. That is the wrong <laughs> direction. You know, that sort of thing. It makes me go crazy yeah. a bit, you know, like the, 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 you know, the tragic event of school shootings and they want to like monitor the doors have they ever been to a high school? How are you going to tell a 14-year-old girl who's upset about something? Hey, keep that door closed. <laughs> Quit letting your friends in the side door. I know you're upset, but, you know, I mean, it's, I know that. Well, they've actually become, <laughs> in the past week, they've become um, far more vigilant. And they've been going around checking everything far, yeah. far more. It because... Well, at least in our building, in our district, there's only one point of entrance. Exactly. So I've, I've been to high schools. Unless your staff. I was, I've been to high right. school that had different campus buildings, had six different buildings, and they had to build a fence. It was a nice one, but they had to fence in mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's like, wow. Oh, well, they did that. They've done that with part of our building. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, you can't. It, it's a big building and there's too many people. And like I said, it's a security system and you get one 14 year old girl that is the loose, loose, uh, you know, the loose chain in your security because it's a high school. It's a crazy place. Yeah. Right. 
They're kids. It's not just a teenage girl. It's it's any kid, really. Yes, it's a key, teenage know. boy. It's a yeah. You know, he watched me kick this door open. <laughs> it's like, they don't do <laughs> rational things. It's funny to watch him. I go, I look at these kids and go, wait, time out, stop. Between the thought and the action, you must have a hesitation. Let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> but there isn't one because one is happening before the other one has even been completed. I know. I try to install some sort of... I think I'll kick my boom. Before the sentence is even finished, of course. Yeah. You can Definitely. kind of catch it in their eyes before they go. Don't do it. Don't do it. Think, think, think. <laughs> right. But... But I think I think it's I think it's honing in on them now. It's what concerns me is with all these fences and all these points and everything like that. Are we starting yeah. to imprison ourselves? Yes, because of what's out there. Uh, yeah, we are. I mean, I'm not going to argue with somebody if they say, "Well, there's a security issue." Yep, seems as if there is too. You know. I can mm -hmm. agree with that as well, but yeah, it's imprisoning. Right. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's I mean, school should be welcoming community areas. They shouldn't be targets. So, wow. well, yeah, and I don't understand why they choose school. Well, I understand why some students might choose schools because yeah. they've been bullied and there have been other issues that go on. Um, I don't understand why some crazy maniac would choose a school or an ER for that matter. Yeah, it's, it, that, that whole thing to me is um, somebody preying on the, on the helpless, yeah, the I, innocent yeah, I in don't, so many ways. I can't understand it at all. I wouldn't even pretend to do so. It's uh, right. Yeah. It's somewhere out there in the mind of not me. <laughs> I can't, but mm -hmm. geez, man. Yeah. yeah I our think, thoughts go out to those people. Yeah, their families. Um, the, um, the kids today are there. I was listening to some conversations too, and there's a there's mixtures of fact and fiction that bother me as far as um, connections go. Like I heard um, at the beginning of the the Russian invasion of Ukraine, someone uh, sort of glossing over the Russian position saying, you know, the Russians aren't that, or no, what do you say? <clears throat> um, the Russians aren't that bad or something. And I kind of went, Oh no, hold on there. <laughs> I didn't argue. I kind of, we talked about it. something came up and later I let it sort itself out through his friends. I didn't say anything, but I was kind of thinking, mm -hmm. where did he get that notion that they just weren't that bad? And it's like, well, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a war there. You kind of got to look at it as well. You know, that the, what looks like the aggressors, they're not that bad, was sort of a rationality. And I'm thinking, he was sort of one of those kids that seemed like he'd know it too. He wasn't just blathering on. He was sort of, well, you know, this not, the Russians really aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, I can imagine, but it's, I know kind of how it comes around, but well, uh, I think that's it certainly comes different from, from our, our era. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. yeah, no, I think a lot of that comes from a lot of the disinformation. And yeah, it also yeah. comes from and, and it also comes from um so much of what the media has pushed forth as being real, and then we find out that it was all propaganda and none of it mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. For example, the thirteen was it thirteen men on that island and they said that the Russians said that they came in and then they said that they shot them all. 
or uh-huh, something, yeah. but there were seven, there were like 72 people actually on the island and they were all taken aboard and sent to a prison camp. Yeah. Um, and they were, and they were all checked out and everything and they're all healthy. Um, and then there was the ghost of, what was the name of that pilot? Kiev. Ghost. Kiev. Yeah. The ghost of yeah. Kiev. And, um, <laughs> that had nothing no. whatsoever to do with. <laughs> With what he was did going it in on. a P-51 Mustang. No, I just, it was an unbelievable plane or something. I'm thinking, no way. <laughs> yeah, Here's there, were just, there were just too many things that came from mm. so many other incidents. So we're getting good. We're, we're, no, we're not getting good. If we were no. getting good, then we wouldn't have to do this propaganda. But I meant we're getting good at sort of seeing it. I mean, I've been watching oh, it yeah. and sort of digging right. through it. There's this one... Uh, uh, yeah, I've been noticing there's a lot of pro-Ukrainian stuff. Not not that that I'm not you know um, pro either one of them, or I'm not claiming neutrality either. But I'm saying that I'm getting a lot of pro-Ukrainian news, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm kind of going, is it true? <laughs> Unfortunately, something happened, and I lost Philip here, and I wasn't able to get him back. So. We'll just have to imagine what happened and how he answered the other questions. On the other hand, Christy was waiting in the wings, and so we're going to move forward with my interview with her. And here we go. And guess who I found lurking in the shadows? It's Christy Goodell. Hey, Christy. Hello. Welcome back. We've missed yeah, you. I know. You've you've had quite a tornado of a life lately. Oh my gosh. This time of year is always busy and it just seems to be compounded right now. So yeah. Well, can't the nanny the... can't the nanny do the stuff with the kids? <laughs> with the imaginary one? The one that's named The Imaginary me? Child or the Imaginary Nanny? The imaginary nanny that's oh. named Christy Goodell. Is that the one we're talking about? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Something like (laughs) that. So we're looking back over the year. And uh, I just, what is, okay, let's just make it easier. What is one lesson you learned this year, either through doing the podcast or something that you discovered at work? I think through the, um, the podcast is kind of the common theme that, a lot of alt education teachers agree upon is that there needs to be more, um, I'd almost say consistency. Like everyone seems to be kind of doing their own thing and everyone's just like, we're not really wild about this and we really would like it to be um, better. But because there's such wide variety, it's hard to it's hard to get that kind of like cohesive movement to all go towards one goal, right? Because so many of the ELTED programs are so different in so many mm-hmm. ways. And so um, I think that's, I think one of the things I learned is it kind of validated mine or our opinion about the needs of ELTED and how it's viewed fairly consistency, not just here in like our area, um, but kind of across the country, right? That um, there's a lot of good work that's happening, but there's still a lot that needs to be done in order by like 
big picture. It needs to be supported systemically and funded mm. and we need better teachers and we need better and more cohesive training to prepare our teachers so that they can therefore prepare our students. We need to have, you know, I feel like kind of rambling. That's like 27 lessons in one. So um, what, here's what I'm getting. That yeah, is, sure. Because I was a little cut off. Um, <laughs> what you're saying is that it's consistent in that the needs remain the same, that we need to have yeah. good teachers and more of them. Mm-hmm. And we do have many, many, many good teachers. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't have a ton of them. And uh, I, there, there are some teachers out there, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bite the bullet and say it: who are doing it for their own sake rather than doing it for, um, they're not doing it for the right reasons. Okay, right. And we need to get. We need to figure out how to, how to, how do you say that? How to get the chaff out and they would be the chaff off of the wheat. You just said it, right? Right. But I can't remember what the word is. I I know (laughs) it's, I know it's not wean. So, um, uh, yeah. Um, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So anyway, so I think my brain has stopped working. Um, Um, and Yeah. And we just need to be more consistent and we need to come together, I think, a lot more. I think there needs to be more community building maybe with yeah. alternative ed. And so uh, more like people coming and it just seems like so many talk. Yeah. Everyone just seems to, there's so many good teachers that are in this area, but it seems so, you know, compartmentalized or they're just kind of in their own little silo. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone should not be working this hard individually or in their little pods, right? There should, there needs to be a way to make, like you said, community building, but it's Mm -hmm. so, but I get the challenge because there's just such a wide variety in the world of alt ed still. And so that is one of the lessons I think one of the takeaways is that while there have been really good gains and there's getting more positive recognition of Alted not being like the dumping ground or the behavior program or the prison mm-hmm. pipeline, but they're seeing it as on par with gen ed. I think that is getting better. Um, but there are still a lot of programs that are still needing more, like all the statistics that we have been sharing. A lot of it has been pretty eye opening. And so I think that's, there's just still a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's true. So I was telling Philip, we have a lot of teachers that are leaving right now. Mm-hmm. And um, February had over 180,000 of this I, year, which yeah. is up from last year. And <sighs> even more this year, even more towards the end of this year. Mm-hmm. So, and actually leaving their buildings more than they are leaving teaching. But I think a lot of them are leaving teaching. Mm -hmm. So the vast majority, because they've just, they've, they're done. They've had it. So, okay. Yeah. What was the bet? Oh, sorry. There goes the car. Sorry. Car drive by. What was the best thing about this year? As it in general, or as it relates to the podcast or. You choose. You choose. Um, 
Man, that is a big, broad question, right? Um, and I was thinking about this earlier, and there's, I'm always impressed with how much, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I am always amazed at how hard teachers work all the time for mm -hmm. their students. Mm -hmm. I'm always impressed by that year after year after year. Um, and you're right, this year has been ridiculously hard and even more so with what kind of seems like an, a new culture shift of not every, the public's not like behind and supporting the teachers like they used to. Mm -hmm. So I think the best thing is that even when it's been either in our building or in our state, um, you know, the teachers are still in it and they're really working to help support the students who have, the students have really struggled, right? They, mm -hmm. There's a lot of gaps that we are still discovering from distance learning and, and online learning from COVID. Um, so I think one of the nice things about this year was the fact that there were times that we could get together and just kind of talk through the podcast that has been kind of that has been very nice because you and I are very similar in that it's always like hey I have 27 things to do and then that's mm -hmm. on top of the other huge to-do list and so we don't <laughs> have time in our school day to just sit and Chit at least I don't there may right. be other teachers but it's not me <laughs> there's always like burning through the day right um, so that has been very nice this year to be able to just kind of stop and talk about one topic. And even though there was an agenda, it wasn't like our other meetings we have in the building were like, we have to get through this and we've got to cover this and create an action plan. And then we're going to set up the follow-up for the next week. And mm -hmm. there's always like stuff to do. So mm -hmm. it's been kind of nice with this podcast to just have it the topic just be that day. And then when you're done, you're done. And then we can move on to the next week. That mm -hmm. has been, that has been nice. That's been a good thing. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yay. So what are three issues you want to investigate more? Um, I really would love to look at more specific programs that selfishly that are nearby us, right? Um, what are some programs especially like post-secondary outside of high school, um, mm. like that we can really shine light on mm -hmm. to our current students. I don't feel that I know in depth enough about what is out there. I kind of know just like a little toe in the water. Um, but I would really love to know and talk about specific programs or schools or, you know, um, I think that would be something I'd love to kind of, talk about more and share because I don't think a lot of people know all the different opportunities there are for students after they graduate high school that's not a college or B a job right, right. Um, so I'd love to do that um, I think the whole issue of how man and that's such a big one but like you said the teacher retention more and more students are and or families are not happy with how or what they perceived general education to be and they're looking for alternatives. And so I think how can we support that within our 
at least at our high school level. And I kind of think, you know, what can, what can it start? How can we incorporate it at middle school? So it's not just this four year blip, right? How can we maybe kind of explore the intro? Is that a possibility? And what it looks like after high school as well. Um, Possibly, possibly. I think, I, I think that middle school has a culture and it's, I think that the culture is maintained by the elementary school where middle school, you're just in a revolving door. And so as soon as you Mm -hmm. put in your 10 months, then you move on to the next 10 months and then you move on to the next 10 months and then you're in high school and then you don't move on to the next 10 months until you've finished what you need to do. And that is a culture shock. And I, there's something about it. And it's about accountability. And I remember that back in the early 90s, not early 90s, but the late 90s, early 80s, we <laughs> talked about more accountability. Accountability mm-hmm. was one of the key buzzwords. And I sat back one day and I looked at my um, administrator and I said, this feels like we're being gaslit so badly. And Mm-hmm. She said, what are you talking about? And I said, we talk about accountability. And when we hold the kids accountable, they get away with murder. Mm-hmm. There's no accountability. And so the, somebody else said, no, it's us that need to be accountable. And I said, it works both ways. It's a two-way street. Everybody right. needs to be accountable. Mm-hmm. So I know that this year, um, somebody said, you know, we talked about great inflation and we talked about um, standardized test scores. And it's sort of like parents want the best for their kids, but they don't want to do the work. The kids don't want to do the work. I had a student who wrote a paper Mm -hmm. and she gave it to me and it was a rough draft. And I gave her a B. I said, this is a good rough draft, but it's a Mm -hmm. B and it's a low B. You have these things to work on. Right. And the student went crazy. And the mother sent me a very terse email. And we had a pretty good relationship, the mother Uh and I. And the student and I had a really good relationship. And the mother said, what is wrong with her paper? I read it and it is good. And I said, yeah, it's good, but it doesn't shine. It doesn't shine. And and I said, did she tell you what my comments were? And she said, oh, you gave her comments? And I said, yeah. (laughs) Yes. She said, like what? And I said, here, I will share her document with you. And I did. And she said, well, what does all this mean? I said, in order for it to be an A paper, it needs to shine. It needs to sparkle. It needs to move the earth. (laughs) Because that means that it is an awesome paper. It can't just be, yeah, that's good. Fine. That's not awesome. That's, eh, okay. Right. C is meh. It's fine. B is, eh, it's interesting. A is, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this right. is incredible. Top, top and of I the said, top. And I said, and she shouldn't be able to just whip one out off the top of her head without doing some work. She's going to go to right. college. And next year when she's in college, they're going to hit her hard. Mm-hmm. And she needs to learn that she needs to rewrite these things. And the mother said, but I think, and I said, I don't care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> the parent. 
I said, if you can help her get there, that will be teaching her far more than she's willing to listen to from me. And so the mother called me and she said, okay, we worked on this for almost two days. What do you think? And I read it and I sent it back and I said, okay, here are the two things I need. The mother said, oh my gosh, you are never ending. But she got it done. Yeah. And that's, that's, you got to put the work in. Well, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, but that's the accountability piece and parents don't really want to do that because they want their little, they want their little flower, male or female or whatever, to be the shiniest, most sweet smelling little flower (laughs) that's out there. And how dare we say that one of their petals is getting a little tainted. I, I do agree that it does seem that the the work ethic has shifted in our students mm-hmm. or the expectation of what, how much work to put in. And I think it, I don't think it's solely, be, I don't believe it's solely because of COVID, no. um, but COVID definitely did not help. Um but I mean, like, that's, that's what we had to do, right? We, mm-hmm. people were getting sick. And so we had, you couldn't, you know, we did, education did what the best that they could at the time that was changing nonstop, right? Um, right. With all the messages we were being. Right. And we're going to do this and then we're just going to be virtual and then we're going to do virtual this way and then we have to change it. And then, yeah, just, right. it was just so hard, you know, it just seems like a million years ago. Um but, and I, and I don't know if it's necessarily an issue, but I guess maybe it's like one of the topics is, and we even, we talked about near the beginning about what kind of skills are needed. I think it was the, one of the first episodes, right? The, um, what are the what qualities, the, per, the qualities of a good alternative ed program or right. a teacher? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was something like that. Because I remember we talked about like 21st century skills and... Right. Um, yeah. But I think one of the things we need to talk about is kind of like, how do we... We know the skills that they need. How can we do a better job of teaching them and encouraging them? I feel that there's a lot to be desired when everyone is trying to do all these other things and prepare them for testing and for... Um, Mm-hmm. You know, we're just working. T- it's kind of like the discussions we've been having in our building about like the grading for equity. Are we just grading them for clicking off boxes and I'm just going to get these 15 assignments done, but I really haven't learned anything. All I've learned is just to basically cross off a to-do list or are we really focusing on, hey, we need to work about like time management and what does it, what does that look like? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that brings in some of those discussions about like late work, right? And that's, that that's a really hard one for a lot of students and teachers to wrap their heads around, you know? So that's. Yeah. Because the brain isn't fully developed at their age. Right. And so, I mean, read the primal teen and that gives you a pretty good idea of Mm -hmm. what's going on in their brain. Um, It's super hard because we're expecting, you know, in middle school, 
you know, they're just like you said, we're just kind of still going through our rotation of classes. And then all of a sudden freshman year, we're like, we're going to start planning your future and you have four years to figure it all out. And we're going <laughs> to fill your schedule with classes that are meaningful to you that you want. And it's filled with CTE and you're going to take all this core and then you will learn in four short years. And a lot of them are like, what the what? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're asking so much of them so quickly to figure things out. And if you don't figure it out fast enough, you get kind of stuck and then it becomes overwhelming. And then you feel as though you're stuck in a void and that you're not good for anything because everybody else seems to know what they want to do and you right. don't. Right. And a lot of the kids are crossing their fingers when they say what they think that they're going to go into. Mm-hmm. And they don't know the, and that's the other thing too, is that they don't know the requirements of the profession. I want to, I really love, um, I'm trying to think of some of my students who are like, I really, of course, you know, aside from like, I'm going to be a gamer, like, no, um, because everybody loves video games. So we're all going to be gamers and make or an influencer. Right. Like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not happening. Um, but you can work on digital arts on how to program or how to design yeah, or, definitely. you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, not too many people make it really successfully by just playing their Xbox and Call of Duty. That's just not really sustainable. Let's figure yeah. out a plan B. Anyway, so I think there is a big issue of like, hey, once you kind of figure out the quote, I know what I want to be when I grow up. I know I want to be a teacher. I want to be a um, policeman. A, a policeman. I know I want to be a veterinarian because I love a smoke animals. Jumper. I yeah. I know I want to be. Um, you know, I know my oldest is kind of a really good. I know I want to do business. That's that's what I want to do. I want to run my own company. I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I want to do business, and then you kind of when you start breaking down, like, hey, in order to do that, you need a crap ton of math and it's a lot it's very complex and if you're kind of over here going god i really don't like math but we kind of <laughs> you know like we got to figure this out um or i had some students who really love the hands aren't part of hands on part of science so they want to be in the medical field they want to be a nurse which is great but then i'm like we got to break down like what are the what are the skills that you need to be a nurse, right? It's not just like playing in your science class. Like there's a lot to it and the requirements and the time frame. And I think a lot of them kind of don't realize until they're like junior, even senior year, we're like, oh, that's, I don't like taking all of these heavy classes. I just like the the hands-on part of the science, mm-hmm. but I don't like all like the huge vocabulary you have to, and the medical right. terminology, right? And they don't realize that component of it or the mm-hmm. hours that you, you know, you're doing 12-hour shifts and you are standing the whole time and, you know, oh, I don't like needles. Yikes. That's not, <laughs> this is not the job Oops. for you. Well, that right? and seamstress are probably out of order then. Right. But- and so I feel that that is an issue that education is still greatly lacking, that we do really well about broad terms for career planning, but we aren't doing a good enough job with the specifics. I think Alt-Ed is actually doing a better job because you can get into those Alt-Ed programs that are very career specific, 
mm-hmm. and then they can get in those nitty gritty. But mm-hmm. I think that's an issue that's kind of across the board that but they feel. still have. Yeah. But, you know, we still run into problems with students who have to do career investigations and they're like, well, I don't know what I want to be. Well, what are some right. of the things that are suggested for you? Yeah. And they say, well, we'll just look at some that are interesting. Right. And one of my kids had absolutely no direction this year. We, and I think I brought this up one week. And all of a sudden, we were talking and he got really interested in the engineering concepts of watching the cliffs erode and the houses going over mm-hmm. while we were down at the beach and just the engineering aspect. And I was really excited. I thought, okay, cool. This kid is thinking maybe about engineering or some kind of, you know, construction and using those skills. This is, this is really cool. Cause I saw the light bulb go off Yeah. and we got back and then he looked at me the next day we were in school and he said, Mr. Tony, I think I know Mr. what I want to be. And I said, what's that? And he said, a plumber. I said, a plumber? And he said, yeah. He said, I cannot believe how much money they're making. And when you told me how much that plumber was charging you to put in a valve, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I called a plumbing company that used to be really easy to get in touch with. They would come out and they were they 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 were the lowest bid. And they did a fantastic job and they were wonderful. So I called them because they could come out in a week. And the guy I wanted, he was he would have charged me about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for about an hour and a half job. Mm. And so I thought, well, these guys, they gotta be cheaper than that. And I said, Well, how much is this gonna be? And they said, Well, you'll find out when he gets there. And I'm thinking, okay, this sounds like a setup. So the guy calls me when I'm down <laughs> on the beach and I'm talking to this kid. And the guy says, Yeah, it's gonna be twenty three twenty nine. I said, excuse me? He said, $2,329. Do you want me to do it or not? And I'm thinking, okay, if I called this other guy, it's going to be another month. I got to have this bathroom done. Right. And so I said, okay, I'm biting the bullet. I'm not happy, but go ahead and put it in. And the kid looked at me and said, you have that kind of money? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, unfortunately... I kind of do right now, but not anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what's guided him. But I've been telling the kids, you know, if you get your hands dirty, you can make good money. It'll mm-hmm. take you a little bit of time, but you'll be making big money faster than the people who go to college. And you won't have to pay back student loans. Yep. This is and true. So he's looking into that because he thinks, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's though they can't hire enough people for you know a lot of the trade programs like we've talked about that too you know like an electrician um all the in construction they just they cannot get people trained Mm -hmm. out there fast enough but i think um i learned that too in my externship last year when they were I think people think like, hey, you just are, you know, in construction, I'm just hammering nails. Or they see the construction guy, they call him a rod band, right? And they just are standing out there mm-hmm. with the, the rod. And they're like, oh, I can do that. 
I'm like, well, you know, it's there's more to it than that <laughs> for a lot of them, right? You you still yeah. need to have a pretty significant handle on math. You need to have really good there's a lot of skills you need. It's not and so we still have to kind of wrap some of our students' perceptions of what these careers entail. And I think, right, they just think I'm going to do blink because I can see people when they're at the top of their field in that area. And that's the one for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still like a, a perfect example where I knew I wanted to be a vet for so long, a veterinarian, so, so long. And it wasn't until I got into college, where I'm like, holy moly, uh, this is a lot of math and a lot of science, years and years and years of it. And, you know, I didn't know all the steps it would take to get to the job I wanted. Mm -hmm. of, and I'm good in science and math, but I was just like, this is, this is a lot, you know, and I think that's, um, in Alt Ed, a lot of people, you know, I'm going to be a chef. Well, you don't just like bake cookies and now you're going to be running your own bakery shop, right? Like there's a lot that you have to do mm -hmm. in order to get to these um, service jobs. And so I think I really, that's kind of an issue I wish that we could maybe down the road talk more about in some capacity. I like that. that idea. I like that idea about the reality versus the uh -huh. Disney version. Right, right. The end, the end job versus what does it take to get to? Yeah. Instead of coming out and saying, look at all my lovely cookies at 3.30 in the morning, you're, oh, I got to get these into the oven. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then you're still working at 6 p.m. Yeah. And you're closing up shop so you can go home and catch a, catch a few winks of sleep. Mm -hmm. And then you have angry people on Sunday morning because you're closed. Right. Yeah. Because you have I mean, to sleep sometime. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, cosmetology. I have a lot of mm -hmm. students who express interest in that because they're very interested in beauty and makeup and hair and nails, which mm -hmm. is great. But, you know, to color hair, you have to know there's some chemistry behind that and oh, some math. Time. Yeah. Oh, there, yeah, it's definitely. very significant. Um, and you know, there's a lot of skill. And then you also have to do the, you know, all the realization of, are you going to work freelance? How much, if you're going to work in a studio or a salon, and then how much training is there? Um, you know, I think a lot of times, yeah. So I think, I think so, that's one of the issues that I feel that we need to keep coming back to. Of Oh, definitely. Just so that you know, mm -hmm. um, and for anybody else who's interested next year, we are having a beauty school come in, and I believe it's right after school. Mm -hmm. And they will be teaching a course. Really? For students that are interested. Oh, that's yeah, neat. It's kind of like beginning stuff because they feel that they need more people in the industry. Mm -hmm. So if they can get them further along and get them some of the certifications, right. that, that will help that's propel great. more of them. So, yeah. And so that's one thing that's going to be happening. My um, successor is taking that on. That's cool. And, and so we had a meeting with them um, because I had talked to them and the district about setting something up. And then the district said, we'll get back to it later. And they never picked it up. And so the beauty school was getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. And um, my successor said, I'm kind of interested in doing this. Are you interested in doing this? And they said, 
hot diggity dog. Yes, yeah. we are. So yeah, That's and they're great. doing and they're doing it at cost. <sighs> no cost to the district. That's cool because they know then they're going to get right mm-hmm. more people enrolled in their program. That's right. just smart. Right. That's the kind of stuff that we need in as much. Yeah. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's wonderful. I wish Most we could. Deaf. Yep. So, okay. So. How are we on time? You... <laughs> We're fine. Okay. What do you wish you said in retrospect in one of the podcasts? I know that one I struggled to think because, you know, I'm always amazing with my words. Uh, no. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, that was a hard one for me to try and think about because, A, we've done a whole bunch of them. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like I need to come back to that one. That's, okay. So yeah. what's one, Okay. So what's one personal thing about you that you would like the audience to know? That's not work related. Yeah. Um. I don't know it's kind of like all the, the fun stuff, right? Like, uh, well, where have you been? Um, like travel. Well, she's um, been disappeared, hasn't she? People. <laughs> um. So. You know, I have um two kids, one in college and one in high school, and they are both very active and we're an involved family. And so that takes a lot. We also have, um, we used to have just two dogs and now we have three. So, you know, I am a definite, I love cats, but we definitely are a family of dogs. And so, um, that's a little, that's a little something about me. Um, I don't know what other, some, what did, what did you share? What did you say, say? Oh, nobody asked me. What's something that people should know about you? Oh, God. See? Ha! <laughs> something people should know about me is that... Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. I know. It's a hard... That's um, surprisingly a challenging question. I'm always coming up with ideas, and I'm always trying to figure things out. Um I like to stay busy. Yeah. Yes. But Same. when I'm but when I'm tired, I can become a lump. Um <laughs> I was talking over some ideas that I had today with people um and getting their little gears going on some other topics. Um I have something about me. Oh. I turned on Televistazo, which is the Ecuadorian news channel today. What? What? (laughs) Well, I used to live in Ecuador. See, there's something. Yep. And I taught down there. And um, I just watched their news today. And they're having the people in the banana industry are not happy, especially with the United States. Um, Oh. And, you know, I mean, just watching it and it was so weird because all of a sudden I felt my brain changing 
not only to understand their form of Spanish, which is what I was so used to listening to, Mm -hmm. but also there's something cultural and I, and I started getting the smells back and everything else. Um, That was, I, I, I tend to be experiential. So yeah. And one other thing is that I am retiring and I am moving east and I am moving to a small town where I can still work um, on the podcast in my retirement Yeah, and do all kinds of wonderful things with my dogs and go hiking, go fishing, go um, swimming, all kinds of stuff because I'm near a river and um yeah there we go i know that's exciting it is um okay so now what was the question you oh what's something in retrospect you wish you had said in a podcast you've had more than ample time to think i know and well i was so intrigued by your um ecuador story um I, you know, dead air. Um, I don't. It's okay. I can always splice it together. I know. In I, fact, I, I can I, have you going, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I know. I, um. Rapid succession. Yeah. Just say it over and over and over again. Um, I guess I am, I wish in retrospect, I wish I was able to participate and learn more about the charter school podcast. So I guess that would be my, mm-hmm. um, what's but, one thing I would like to wish I had said, I wish I would have been able to participate in that discussion. Yeah, but, but that was, that was sort of a tornado day for you. Yes. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. So, so I wasn't able to. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yep. I wasn't sure what was happening and then you seemed out of it. It was a rough, yeah. It you was know, a that, rough one. That happens, you know, that's, yeah. I'm not always the positive, cheery sparkly person 24 <laughs> 7 that's the there you go that's something surprising people don't know <laughs> um, i'm not yeah. a robot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so what are you doing this summer um so we're aside kind of, from the podcast right we are we are staying here in last year was a double whammy of making up for trips that were canceled because of COVID. And then also because my son was leaving to go to college. So it was kind of like, this is the last family vacation. Like he was moving to Mars or something. Um, and you did your externship. I did my externship and we did two very large vacations. Um, it, so it was, uh, it was a lot, not for me. I loved it, but for my family, especially my husband. So this summer we are just kind of staying here um i think that's gonna make my husband much happier plus with the puppy you know you gotta stay yeah gotta guess do some training with her um i do i'm getting back into running because the weather here has been awful and i have now become a more fair weather runner (laughs) and so i'm I run Hood to Coast, which is a big, huge relay out here in the Pacific Northwest where you run on the big relay team. And um, it's really fun. But as one gets older, it's a little harder to, you know, bounce back mm-hmm. from those kind of massive races. And so 
that's another thing I'm now that the weather hopefully is finally getting a little better, I can get outside and do some running, but we're just going to kind of hang here more. We have one trip where we're going to Coeur d'Alene. I've never been there in Idaho. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So we're going to do a family, like a car trip, you know. Um, it's a growing, growing, growing space. There's a lot of people from California moving there. To Idaho? To or to Coeur d'Alene? To the uh, Coeur d'Alene area, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they're moving to Idaho. I'm I'm very excited to see. I went to Boise when we were kind of doing the college searches, so I've only, that's the only place I've been. So I'm very excited oh. to kind of just go. It's beautiful up there. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. Cool. Are we done? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to. I almost said I'm going to turn you off now. Um, <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm basically going to say thank you very much. And I look forward to our next podcast. And to everyone out there, thank you for joining us. I hope you are having wonderful final days. If this these are your final days of school before the summer hits. And you can interpret that final as, <laughs> as how you wish. And so until next week. We will say ciao. Bye-bye.